Welcome to Crunch Time. This is it. You the main event is around the freaking corner. It is time to get serious about studying and prepping for your fantasy football drafts. It is recording this uh, last week of August, basically. Draft day is right around the corner. There is only one way to prepare, and that is with the Sacco Sheet. Uh, that is the everything you need, all-in-one, one-stop shop, fantasy football draft cheat sheet. Um, it is not, it is not a composite fantasy pros ranking. It is not an ESPN top 300 cheat sheet. It is not something that everybody else at your draft is going to have. Let's freaking go, man. Sleepers 2.0. Let's talk some dudes. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Crow. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos. We're in the home stretch, y'all. Here it is. Oh, it feels so good. It's like a warm, bright light. Just ready to make my freaking whole body happy. I, am so, I think I'm, that's the light you have on yourself as we're recording this. Is that, and we is that some my, clips for YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> I had to dig it out of the closet because we're showing my house. I, I dug it out, especially because I wanted you to see me so well, Alex. Cleaning out my closet. Oh, wow. Time. I didn't know that uh, Eminem was six, seven, uh, bearded and from the suburbs. Yeah, it's Alex's song. What can I say? Not Haley's. So uh, we're here to talk about <laughs> we're here to talk about Sleepers 2.0. Uh, people enjoyed the pod last week. We got good feedback on it. So here we are again. If to, you did a rap song, it would include the poop posture you put your kids in. <laughs> yeah, it's super effective. My son craps on me almost every single night. Um, uh, so Kaplan, here we the are the Kaplan. R- running some things back. Some of these guys we've talked about in other pods. We wanted to bring them up to you again. It's people, people that we like. Some of them, <clears throat> it, you know, loose definition of sleeper. Here we are. But first guy we want to talk about Travis Etienne, where he has league winning potential, Jason. And it's when do you want to draft him? It seems like James Robinson is back. Fantasy Pros has him at 22. ESPN has him at 21. We have him at 22. Very, very, very tight because I feel like it's hard to rank him any higher. It, you also can't go any lower because of the pass catching ability. Doug Peterson likes to spread the ball around both with carries and catches. He's really pretty much always had a running back by committee. Um, Travis Etienne's coming off of that Liz Frank injury. James Robinson had an Achilles injury towards the end of last year. Theoretically, it's going to be a two-headed backfield, but we both really like ETN and Trevor Lawrence checking the ball down to him in in droves this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, quite frankly, I think that there's a good chance that we have him too low. Uh, currently on the Sacco sheet in the first iteration, the second and final iteration will be out after the the last of the preseason games are played. We have him at 22 uh, at the running back position. Um, he is 21 uh, at running back in the ESPN rankings. So I guess maybe we're we're a little chalky on ETN. No, yeah, we, we 
Yeah, but, we have them right in line with everybody else, but it's it's a uh, especially in PPR. I think it's like, too low. We would like to we'd like to see him get, you know, eighty to ninety targets, sixty to seventy catches in, in a perfect world, and and he's going to be sitting right at RB two, which is where we have him. If he has ten rushing attempts and five targets week one, he's the top fifteen back rest of the season potentially. Like, I think easily. He's the more talented back, hands down. He missed his opportunity to take over last season. He's with his college quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, who they dominated at Clemson while together. Um, Travis Etienne is one of my favorite targets. I've picked him routinely in the fourth round. I think he's an absolute value there. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do while healthy this season. I think James Robinson is an afterthought by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, just this past week against uh, the Steelers, he had 29 yards on eight rushing attempts. Uh, Didn't have any targets in that game. But if again, if you're telling me he's going to get 10 to 15 carries and a couple targets, woo. I mean, hello, that that sounds fantastic. So I, I do think we end up bumping him a little bit from where we have him, only because if he is going to be the lead back from all occasions, it looks like he probably is as Robinson comes back a little slow from the injury. Uh, it's he has the potential to be a low end RB one. hundred percent. Next up, we have Elijah Mitchell, who is prop. your guy. Yes. Your, your let's spend all 100% of my fab week one, Elijah Mitchell from last it. year. And I didn't do you it did. just in one league. I did it in every single league I was in. <laughs> and honestly, I loved it because I had Elijah Mitchell, but I tell you what, it made waivers every week real boring for me because I had no <laughs> money. I'm going to put in a waiver claim on every single person. Dude, and that's get what I them. did. I put in a million waiver claims on every dude. And I was like, please, <laughs> somebody squeak through. But yes, back to back to the, the matter in hand. Elijah Mitchell, I think, is probably, well, he's my anyway, um, waiver claim of the year last season. Um, I think that he's probably the primary weapon in between the 20s, really all over the field to start the year. Um, Trey Sermon is currently operating as top back out as his top backup um, or has in the in the preseason has always been the next running back out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyrion Davis Price kind of tries to eventually ball hawk a little bit around the goal line. Um, my only concern really with Mitchell, though, is durability. He was kind of nicked up a bit last season. Um, That's not I, my only concern. <sighs> is Trey Lance? Oh, for sure. Trey Lance. And you're dealing with Debo, who has kickers in his contract for rushing touchdowns and rushing yardage, too. So Shanahanigans. Shanahanigans. Yeah, bring that back. Your, <laughs> your favorite. Like, we love the Shanahan offense, but you can't figure out what the running backs are going to do or who it's going to be on a given week or, or what's going on, especially now that they're using Debo down at the goal line or, you know, in the red zone, at least like Elijah Mitchell only had five touchdowns last year. Well, that's what I was going to get to. What do you, what would you set his touchdown line at? Obviously not close to double digits. Granted, he missed a few games in there, but would you set it six and a half? 
that's exactly where I was going to set it. It's, it would be it'd be tough to take the over just because I think you're going to get a lot of Trey Lance rushing down at the goal line and Debo and Gadji, Kittle, Yushchek, uh Ayuk plays potentially too. Like this is going to be a fun offense to watch. I think they could score a lot, especially if Trey Lance is good. But ah, like with when you mix in the like, this is why we have them at least a little bit lower, right? So it's it's just that he got hawked so much last year and vultured down at the goal line that it's hard to get him higher because he doesn't have those the potential touchdowns, even though they're hard to hard to predict. Yeah, I mean, he's running back uh, 25 for us. He's running back 24 on ESPN. So, um, again, kind of eerily close to ESPN rankings there as well. One off. But yeah, he. We both like him. He has great upside, but I think he's, he's just capped by that touchdown. He is now, a running back two that will have, I'm confident he will have running back one weeks, mm-hmm. but the consistency won't be there. Yep. I agree. I, I, we, we like him, but I think we're not going to have a lot of shares in him because of the wide receiver depth. That's going to be in those rounds where he's going and we liked some of the running back value early. We liked the wide receiver value late. And that's kind of why we're missing out on on Eli Mitchell here. Um, just because of just because of where he's going and where we've already focused our resources and drafts. Next up we have AJ Dillon. Um you and I are both really high on Aaron Jones this season. Like him we are. more than some of the guys he's going behind. Um, but I think maybe we should talk a little bit more about AJ Dillon. Um, I think I'm much higher on AJ Dillon than you are. I think he has all the talent in the world and I think he would probably start for more than half of the teams in the league and the Mm -hmm. Packers, obviously if we're, you know, we're not for Aaron Jones. Um, he has probably the biggest quads in the league next to Saquon, if not bigger. Um, but he showed for the first time last year that he can actually produce through the air. He had 34 catches on 37 targets. Like that is extremely yeah. high conversion rate efficiency. And that one, yep. that's what makes me a little more excited about this year. Um, he needs to expand on that role. And I think he will. Everybody talks about, you know, the vacated targets, in this offense, losing Devontae Adams and MVS. Um, he could be a huge value in drafts. He's currently going in the sixth round ADP on sleeper. Um, if he, if, if they do it right and they scheme the offense, because that's what they're going to have to do. Um, he's ranked, is running back 34 on ESPN, but they're going to have to scheme this offense. And it, it is a schematic offense. Um, it, and what I mean by that is all of the pre snap motions uh, and Rogers running multiple plays. <laughs> he hates it, hates it so much. He just wants to focus on precision and timing in West Coast offense. And that's not the offense that he's in. Um, and, the, a, and the blue sky earth. He, he likes that too. Yes. Or, yes. Whatever, or whatever it is. Her. I th- yes. Um, but, it, but it's a schematic offense where they deliberately try to develop schemes that create advantages for their team. 
um, losing Devonte Adams is going to reduce or make them vastly change the schemes that they were running to something that fits their personnel. Yeah. They're going to have to run Aaron Jones out wide. I really, truly think so. Or maybe as a split back or something, I think that they're going to have to give Aaron Jones the ability to get the ball in space. And I think that hopefully what that means is more field time for AJ Dillon um, in the backfield. So, yeah, it, it really wouldn't surprise me to see them run more two running back sets in the shotgun where they're both standing there. next to Rogers. They, they could run either way. And then if you're going to throw a pass, you have Tanya going up the middle. You have Lazard, Cobb, Dubs, like who, whoever Dobbs, uh, whoever is doing all the all the wide receiving for them. And you just basically have both running backs run out of the backfield and stand you know, right at the line of scrimmage for a check down. Like they, they will get the ball into these two guys' hand because they're the best playmakers. I trust Rogers to do that. And AJ Dillon is kind of sneaky good. Like, I mean, he's more than a handcuff. He's flex worthy on a weekly basis at worst. He could end up with double digit touchdowns and I wouldn't be surprised. And, and Aaron Jones could too. Like, it's possible, you know, they score 50, 50 touchdowns this year and 20 of them, 20 of them come from their running backs. At least that would not be in the least bit surprising. So I, we both like his upside. And if Aaron Jones got hurt, AJ Dillon would be a top seven back probably maybe even better than that. So like he, he has the upside to be top five and if everybody stays healthy, we still think he's at worst flex worthy and could be a low end RB two, um, be based on the amount of production that we think they're going to get out of the running backs. Um, I'm finding that I'm actually landing him more. And I think our next podcast is going to be talking about ESPN ADPs and kind of where we differ. I found in all my mocks that I'm landing him more in ESPN mock leagues. Uh, his ESPN, ADP is a half to a full round later than most other platforms. So I I've been sneaking him in whenever I'm mocking on ESPN. Hmm. I like it. The, the upside's definitely there. Speaking of upside, here's Clyde Edwards, a who's been pretty disappointing. He's been pretty disappointing in his career so far. Like his calling coming out of college was all about being a great pass catcher. He's going to make the Chiefs offense unstoppable. And he's barely been used in that role at all. Who Fancy is he compared to? Brian Dawkins, right? Little baby Brian Dawkins. Uh, maybe. I don't. Wasn't Brian Dawkins like a safety? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Sorry. I'm so, I'm. Sean McCoy. I don't know. Shady. Anyway, so fancy pros has him at 28. ESPN has him at 27. We have him at 27. He's a, he looks like he's a starting NFL running back. Um, he's like, come on, do something sort of thing. Um, Daryl Williams is no longer there. Jarek McKinnon is still there. Ronald Jones is still there. Uh, they have a rookie who they've been checking the ball down to a little bit that I know Jason uh, really enjoys. So Cl- Clyde finishes running back 22 his rookie year. He finishes RB 41 last year. 
And uh, there's just not a lot of positives. He doesn't have a whole lot of momentum coming in. And I think that's okay because based on where he's going in drafts, the Chiefs offense is not going to be bad. So he's going to have scoring opportunities. So if he can get healthy, he's just 23. He's going somewhere around six, round seven. So he's missed some games, missed three as a rookie, seven last year. Oof. This is a guy that, that some people were taking as a first round pick a couple of years ago as a rookie, Jason. And it, uh, he has not uh, flashed any of that potential that we thought that was going to be there. No, and it was Brian Westbrook. So uh, it previ- both previous uh, Andy Reid Eagles, uh, Brian Dawkins and Brian Westbrook, but that's what the comp was coming out of college for Clyde Edwards' lair was uh, Brian Westbrook Jr. Um, has not lived up to the hype. Um, at all? No, not close, quite honestly. Hasn't stayed healthy, has not shown any ability to convert tough yardage or goal line remotely um that offense though i mean they kind of got stuck dealing with too high safety looks and they couldn't get defenses to show them anything else and they were just being and, flooded and they couldn't take advantage of it no they couldn't run the ball on it and no so now you know this whole preseason though if you've watched the first team offense their offense is completely different like Tyreek Hill is not on their team anymore. They're running I formation. Breaking news. <laughs> right. Breaking news. How's that for newsy stuff? But they're running I formation. Like they are getting fullbacks in the game to lead the way for their running backs now and, and to try and create some single high looks that they can then take advantage of in the passing game. So I, I think that the defense the defenses that they are stuck dealing with are going to be a little bit different. They just need to show their ability to actually capitalize in the running game when they do get those two high safety looks. Um, I'm really just not convinced that Clyde Edwards Alaire has the ability to hold on to his job all season. You know, yeah, I he, mean, wouldn't wouldn't you rather take a flyer on Isaiah Pacheco a little bit later, or t- um, or draft? You could draft him. Or Jarek McKinnon basically in the last round of your drafts. And then you still get a piece of the backfield. Clyde Edwards-Alaire can't stay healthy anyways. Last season, he missed half the season. And then when he came back in the playoffs, he was out-snapped 2-1 to by Jarek McKinnon. Like, it was Jarek McKinnon's job. So, why, like, the upside is there. There's a crap ton of upside. But he's had two seasons now where he has not shown his ability to capitalize Anything. on it because that upside yeah. has been there the whole time. It's not a new situation. Um, he's just not, he's not that short yardage converter. They're probably going to go elsewhere when they get close. And it's just, it's going to be frustrating, but you don't have to get him where you had to get him before. Right? Like he's yep. people's third running back at his current ADP. Right. So, yeah. He's not, he's not even like your flex player <laughs> like he he's he's almost borderline a bench guy that if if he hits you're good otherwise i don't know he he's frustrating though because you you want to play him you want him to be better but between jones mckinnon or pacheco um it's it's hard because i feel like the only way that i end up with him on my roster is if i go like 
receiver Travis Kelsey in my first two picks. And then yeah, I but just you still don't want Kelsey and him on the same team. You're right. Or maybe it's receiver like, Mark Andrews in the first year. Like, but you know what I mean though? When I just when it's yeah. like the zero RB-ish kind of strategy and I have to load up on running backs that I'm not particularly thrilled about, that's when I get Clyde Edwards Alaire. The safest play in drafts, though, is to load up on running back early. And where CEH is going, you're hammering receiver. So correct. Also, I would say I would add this too. He's a starting NFL running back. Where he's yeah. going, you're kind you're kind of looking around, especially how many starters we are left? have him tiered. Yeah, well, we have him tiered on the stack of sheet. He is basically like, Well, I guess we have to take him here because he's starting NFL running back. Like that that that's essentially with the tier that he's in with Miles Sanders and and other players like that, where it's just like, Well, he's a starter, so we can't have him any lower, but you can't really get him any higher either. Right. Absolutely. Would you would you like to argue, Jason? Yeah, I would. Um, we're going to have you, a pal. few of these. We're going to have a few of these built in here. Um, I think first up, why don't we tackle the Atlanta Falcons backfield? Um, Cordero okay. Patterson or Tyler Algier? And it is Algier, not Allgaier. It, it looks like Allgaier. I'm probably going to call him Allgaier. I don't care that it's pronounced Algier. Um, <laughs> so, Jason, you're trying to... I, I, uh, we, oh, what do we do? Like our first podcast that we did, we did uh, CEH versus uh, Keyshawn, Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn and they just both suck. Freaking, <laughs> yeah, right. Like the answer to that is neither. Honestly, either it's like, which rookie running back do you want to draft? Hashtag that draft just sucked for running backs. Bad. All right. So uh, when it comes to the Atlanta running backs, they so they drafted all all year and they have Cordero Patterson from last year. Cordero Patterson is 31. He was running back seven through the first 14 weeks last year at 30 years old. After doing nothing the first, I don't know, eight years that he was in the league, punt returner, kick returner, random situational running back for the Bears, for the Patriots. And now he's 31. And he's going as running back 32 in drafts. But he was really good last year. Running back seven until like the Falcons um, were, were never more. I know that's the Raven. Sorry. But like, I, I just don't, I don't understand quite the disrespect that, that people have for him. We have him down at 30, but uh, he finished his RB eight last year. He's going as running back 30. The coaching staff hasn't changed. Marcus Mariota. I don't know. Sucks. Getting another shot. He might. Yeah. But this is the absolute floor for Cordero Patterson. I think unless they don't use him at all, which I guess is theoretically possible, but he was all over the field last year for them. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's 31. I, on, an, on a bad team that should uh, be planning for the future. Well, it's a bad team that, that got worse. Like, sure, they added Drake London, but you lost a top like 15 top 10 top 15 in talent not fantasy but in 
football talent, I think there's a case for Matt Ryan in the top 10. Um, but no, I thought I thought you were going to say Calvin Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were going quarterback there. No, I was going quarterback. They lost. They lost Matt Ryan. Like you had Drake they London. Did. Sure, there's another weapon on offense, but like Matt Ryan was the one checking the ball down. Matt Ryan Ky- is the Kyle one. Kyle Pitts had had a real nice catch from Mariota over the weekend on on just a straight go route. So maybe the offense will be better than you think it will be. Maybe I'm just the. It's it's not it's not those kinds of throws. It's for running backs, and I think Patterson's going to play a very healthy amount at running back because I don't think they're just going to automatically turn the keys over to Tyler Algier week one. Um, but I don't think Mariota is necessarily the the checkdown machine that Matt Ryan was. Keep the chains moving. Um, I don't, I don't think they were really checking down to Cordero. He was out running wide receiver routes in addition to being a, a running back. Well, he was. I'm just not convinced that any of that is Mariota's game because I'm not convinced that football is really Marcus Mariota's game. Like, oh, God, you're so disrespectful sometimes. Dude, he's, he's fine. He had one job when he was in Tennessee, and that was to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, and he couldn't do that right. Got him to the playoffs. <laughs> and they traded his ass. I believe he's one of two quarterbacks that have ever thrown a touchdown to himself in the in the playoffs. <laughs> that has to count for something. <laughs> yeah. And I was really bad at home ec in high school, man. Let's just talk about shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> now you're great at doing the dishes. <laughs> like, I just... If it was Desmond Ritter, I would be a lot more hyped for this offense as a whole. Ritter's actually looks no. good, and he had a good game over the over the weekend. Granted, you it's you backups against love backups. rookies. I you like rookies. rookies. I'm optimistic. I'm a glass half full guy. I like opportunity. I don't like dudes that underachieved and have been perennial letdowns since they've been in the the NFL. I, I'm, I, they don't get me hyped about the team. All I'm drafting these people for is the value that they represent because they're starters on crappy teams. Like, welcome to fantasy football. The best guys and the best teams go in the first round and the, like the first five rounds. After that, it's like, well, I guess you're a starter. Well, I guess you're a starter. Hence the disrespect to both of these dudes where Cordero Patterson is being ranked in the thirties, regardless of him starting as a, or finishing as a top 10 running back, because it's like, well, he was, and you lost Matt Ryan. How bad is this going to be? Yeah. So theoretically the answer is don't draft either of them because the offense is going to suck and they're not going to score. If, 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 (laughs) (laughs) if you do draft one of them, I like the value of Algier. He's free. I've dra- I'm drafting him literally in the last round of every of every mock. He is free. He has the potential to be the starting running back. He averaged more than 130 rushing yards per game while in college. He had 36 rushing touchdowns in two years which is an obscene number. Uh, he caught 30 balls last season. So he has a little bit of catching chops himself. Um, 
if he gets well, only, featured, only four running so backs much with over value. 150 carries and 69 targets last year, and one of them was Cordero Patterson. So yeah, but if he plays receiver this season, like you're just effed. Maybe <sighs> same coaching staff. Yeah. Hey, hey, I neither of us thought Cordero Patterson was a thing, even when he was a thing. So, yeah, we were all we were, you and I were looking at you like, when's the bottom fallout? You know, <laughs> do I plug him in again? It's been four oh, weeks. Do I like, plug him in for <laughs> when when you were on vacation and I was doing the, the waiver show by myself and I was like, ah, oh, you don't have to worry about this. This isn't going to continue. <laughs> like I watched this by in the Chicago last sheet. couple years. Like this doesn't matter. Uh, turns Whoops. out he's a bell cow. Turns out. Yeah. Until he got hurt. So we, we don't really like this backfield overall. Um, if, if you're going to take a dart throw, I'm fine with Algier. But uh, yeah, I, uh, it, it's hard to take either. It, it's hard to take Cordero with confidence, but that's why he's going as running back 30 in drafts. And you're not paying for that RB8 upside last year. No. At all. No. Cool. All right. Let's uh, uh, on to... Some wide receivers. No. No got, wide receivers? I got one left. Oh, got, you wanted to talk about the, the Patriot or the, the Bills uh, backfield. Yes. Yes. We got to we gotta keep this up. Um, I feel like you just like, I don't know, dudes that are already in the league a lot more than rookies coming in. And yeah. I feel like that continues with James Cook versus Devin Singletary. No. No? No, I don't think so. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me why. Like, you love rookies more than Deshaun Watson loves going to massage parlors. Like, they give me happy endings. Um, oh, no. <laughs> what is... Sorry, that, that was bad all around. All right, maybe go for it, it. Maybe it'll culminate in a happy ending at the championship. Sorry. Um, what was uh, what was the um, the word that you were using at the podcast? Uh, amalgamation. Amalgamation. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, All right, James Cook. James Cook. Dalvin's uh, Dalvin's younger brother. He is Dalvin Cook's younger brother. Uh, he's looked phenomenal so far in the preseason. Um, drafted by the Bills in the second round in April's draft, uh, per Andrew Erickson of Fantasy Pros, round two running backs have finished as top 36 running backs more than half of the time since 2013. He's obviously going later than that, and we think that he has some pretty good sleeper potential in what very well could be the best offense in all of football. Um, did anybody? Did you watch that lone drive that the offense had? Over the weekend, they're they're going through defenses like a knife through butter, especially because they're trying to figure out how to stop the pass. And then they're Josh Allen, just like, all right, well, I'll hand it off to my running back and get ten yards. It's so ridiculous. It's like it's almost like it's what the Chiefs want to do and can't do. The Bills can do it. Exactly, a hundred thousand percent yes. And it's yeah, part of it I think has to do with the mobility of the quarterback. Josh Allen versus Mahomes. Um, Potentially. Well, it's a better receiving core too now. Um, I just think that there's a very good shot that James Cook 
takes over as the running back in potentially the highest scoring offense in the league. He's a, a great pass catching running back. Um, I, I think Devin Singletary has tried to give his job to Zach Moss as much as Zach Moss has tried to give his job to Devin Singletary. And they're both like the two Spider-Man gif pointing at each other. It's like two useless kind of underwhelming running backs pointing at each other. Uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Yeah. Um, okay. So Jason, what did Devin Singletary finish last year? Uh, probably top 15. Come on. You're, you're, you're just saying that because you, you know, I'm about to drop a bomb on you. Like I usually do. No, he's, running I'm sure back he 20 he's, last. he's the starting running back in the, one of the best offenses. He's extremely underwhelming though. Yeah, but so he was running back 20 last year. Oh, okay. Which, which I don't know, seems reasonable compared to like just coming into this 20. without doing any preparation. I would have heard Devin Singletary and been like, eh, flex worthy 30 running back 20. Okay. Over the last six weeks, he was running back three. Would not have gotten close to that. Like. The last six weeks when he was the starter and the guy, he was running back three. And then he they drafted a running back in the second round because they were so yeah. confident in him. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, double double figures each of the last five games. He had a touchdown in each of the last four, two touchdowns in each of the last two. This uh, just makes only, me more excited for <laughs> James Cook. All of this. Yeah, maybe. He, he only had two rushing touchdowns through week 13, and then he had five the last four weeks. Oh, my God. They were on fire, though. Well, yeah. I mean, some of it, too, though, is that they were playing in bad weather and changed their offense at least a little bit to involve the running backs a little bit more. This year in the title weeks, they have home against the Dolphins, which isn't the best matchup. At Chicago, which we've covered, they're going to score a bajillion points. And then maybe at the if Bengals, that field's in any decent condition. Yeah, that's true. That field sucks. Just be mud. So I, what was the third matchup? I'm sorry. Uh, at at Bengals the last week, which is uh, going to be a great primetime game, I would I would think. But uh, Cincinnati should have okay weather that time of year, unless it's sleeting or snowing for some reason. But it's it's for the far enough south where hopefully it'll be okay. So James Cook is is really the only issue. If James Cook wasn't there, Singletary would be ranked way higher. Fantasy Pros has him at 33. ESPN has him at 26. Uh, and we have him very low because Jason doesn't like him at 42. Ooh. Spicy. Uh, we have James Cook ahead of him, though, at running back 38. That, again, is your fault. All of it is your fault. <laughs> but So, like... They they both have the upside. They're going, you know, in in close to similar spots, I believe, in drafts currently. It's uh, hey, this is a really great offense. We don't really know who's starting. They haven't really announced who's starting, um, but people believe that it's Singletary's job. So I'll run with that, I guess. Okay. You I mean, you can. I think you'll just be wrong at the end of the year come playoff time, especially when it matter, when it matters most. Maybe. I'm not <clears throat> planning on having to rely on a Buffalo Bills running back to win a league this year. No, I mean, the reality is both of these dudes are, you know, going where you don't need them like that, right? These are yeah. bench bench guys. But 
Let's get to and, some and and fair and fun bench guys with how low they're going on on a great offense. I would much rather have either of them than Clyde Edwards Alaire. <laughs> Correct. Like uh, yes. just just because the the upside's there, and we don't think it is for Clyde. Right. All right. Well, let's move on to some receivers with some upside. I think you are probably higher on Juju Smith Schuster than basically everybody I've I've seen with rankings. Tell me why you love Juju so much. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Juju previously, but I think it just bears repeating that his value and the upside is unbelievable in a great offense where it's expected he's going to be the number one option. He's done it in the past. There's only one wide receiver that's currently going the top 50 in drafts, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster. He's number 32 on Fancy Pros. ESPN has him at 32 as well. We have him at 16 because he's a Chiefs wide receiver, and he's going to be the number one wide receiver there. So why is he going so low? I, I don't understand it. He is... And for where you're drafting him, he is the ultimate boom player this year. He could bust. Sure, of course he could. But they're paying him over $10 million with incentives and stuff like that. He, has, he currently has a knee injury. They believe he's going to be back. Um, they, they don't think that it's anything serious nor long term. Juju back in 2018 had 111 <laughs> catches, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. He is the ultimate sleeper. He's the guy that you can look for fifth, sixth, seventh round. Like I, I believe he's currently going in the seventh round where he, that's outstanding value for what he could bring to the table. And if somebody would be like, oh, how can you say he's he's a sleeper in round seven? Like if you can tell me somebody that you can take in round seven, that's going to be a guarantee, then I'll tell you he should be going higher. So it's great value. Mahomes, number one wide receiver. How many touchdowns do you think Mahomes is going to throw this year? Because if you think it's going to be over 30, my response to you would be like, okay, that seems reasonable. Who is he going to throw them all to you? Even if you pencil Kelsey in for 12 to 15 of them, which is a lot, there's still 15 to 20 other touchdowns that he's going to throw to wide receivers. You would think the number one wide receiver on their depth chart would have at least seven to 10 of them. And there's Juju Smith-Schuster, that puts him as a middle-of-the-road wide receiver, too, at worst. Juju Smith-Schuster or Elijah Moore? Juju Smith-Schuster. It's not even close. Renfro. Oh, you know I love Renfro. Renfro is a much better route runner, but the upside is Juju Smith-Schuster, for sure. Gabriel Davis. Juju. Allen Robinson. Juju. Adam Thielen. Juju. Mooney. Juju. Judy. They're very close. I, I think Judy's going to be pretty good. Juju Smith-Schuster is going behind all of those guys at wide receiver 34 on average. Uh, he's also going behind Michael Thomas. Who would you take there? Uh, we both like Thomas a, a whole lot. He's proven that he can be the number one overall wide receiver. He seems like he's back. He has a, a bit of a hamstring issue, I believe, um, but they don't think it's all that serious. Um, I guess it's just to keep him out of the last preseason game, and they're going to hit the ground running with one of the most talented wide receivers who's back. So I would take Michael Thomas. Okay, but you just moved Juju up from wide receiver 34 to like wide receiver 26, 27. So, easily. Yeah, very easily. 
Um, and that's just an upside. That does not mean that you have to draft him there. That's just saying, no, right. You know, you can take one of those other guys and still get Juju. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's, it's, he's, he's yeah, a great I mean, target. He is. I, a great I am target. at 16. You have him at 19 from a rankings perspective. We both love Michael Thomas. I'm at nine. You have him at seven just because that incredible upsides there. This is, it's not even a dart throw. He is the definition of a sleeper where we think his value will greatly exceed where he's going in drafts. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to, uh, he's not going to burn people down the sideline. Like that's why they have McCole Hardman and even Sky Moore, but he's going to be the short mid mid range possession he's, receiver. He, he's going to be a good Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Exactly. One that, you know, doesn't climax in the first week of the season and then do nothing after that. Week one, Sammy coming to you soon. Green Bay week one, Juju. Yeah, we I I love love the upside. And he's also somebody that where you're where you have to draft him, you're not necessarily starting him or relying on him week one either. Yeah, where you can where you can where you can see him. You get to watch and see sit and be like, Oh, I got something. And if you miss, which I guess theoretically is possible, you're still not relying on him, hopefully. Right. All right. That does it for Juju. Why don't you tell me about a little, uh, our uh, our next receiver, Rashad Bateman yeah. for the Ravens. We haven't talked about Bateman really at all. Which is a shame because I feel like you and I have talked about Bateman a lot, just like not on camera, like not while recording. We've talked about Bateman. Right. So Fancy Pros has him at 29. ESPN has him at 34. We have him at 30. Definition of a huge breakout candidate this year where... Everybody saw what Hollywood did last year, right? Like Exactly. I mean, before Bateman started playing last year, so I think he was out till week six, um, Brown had 16 or more fantasy points in four of the first five games, six of the first eight, um, and Marquise Brown is gone. Oh, is he? Is Marquise Brown gone? So Devin Duvernay, like I, I honestly Ooh. can't even read half of these these receivers' names that they have on their depth chart because they just don't matter and aren't going to matter. Bateman has has really good upside value. And yeah, everybody craps on Lamar from a passing perspective, but like statistically, he has some of the best peripheral numbers from an average depth of target. His downfield accuracy is pretty good. And Rashad Bateman was pretty consistent even with Hollywood last year from a targets perspective. It wouldn't be surprising to see him have double-digit targets in a whole bunch of games this year um, with with them throwing with Lamar. So he, he also had – like the offense isn't quite what you'd expect from Kansas City because they're – the the Ravens are going to run the ball top three most times in football because of Lamar. But when they do throw, it's either going to Bateman or it's going to Mark Andrews. Marquise Brown had the 10th most targets in the league last season with 146. 10th most targets <laughs> in the league. Now, if you could just slide that in, you're looking at a potential wide receiver one. Rashad Bateman isn't a slouch, though. Like he's a first round pick. Like yeah. it was supposed to be like one of the high powered receiving, you know, wide receiving cores in the whole league, not just that division. Um, 
he was not healthy last season either. And I don't think that people remember the fact that he had abdominal seizure, uh, abdominal surgery, excuse me, um, and missed five games. He missed the first five games because he had abdominal mm-hmm. surgery. And so he said he was only about 75% at most at any one point last year. So I am really excited to see what Bateman can do while healthy, filling the role for a top 10 target share and in one of the league's most high powered offenses. He has all of the makings of a year two wide receiver breakout candidate. And traditionally receivers usually do break out into that second year. He is a one hell of a lottery ticket and somebody that I'm trying to get after. So yes, please get some Rashad Bateman. Yeah, going is pick 85 currently. So um, just really, really good value, which is like right at the start of round eight. Um, You could do a lot worse than wide receiver one Rashad Bateman in round seven or round eight of your fantasy drafts. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm going three running backs. I'm going three running. Like I'm I'm flirting with it now. Just, just because there's so many just, wide there's receivers. There's so available. many wide receivers, and I can get Zeke in the third round. Like this, Rashad Bateman <laughs> is incredible in the fifth round. It's really great. Oh seventh, my. seventh or seventh. eighth? Oh my god! Yeah, really great. All right. Speaking of other upside wide receivers, Gabriel Davis is somebody that we haven't talked about all that much either. Mm. Currently number 22 on fantasy pros. ESPN has a ESPN has easy for you to 26, say. whatever. Shut up. And, <laughs> and Gabriel Davis, <laughs> we have him at 31. <laughs> um, you don't so, say that. Shut up. All right. So Josh Allen threw the fourth most passes in football last year. Oh Stephon my God. Diggs had 164 targets of the 646 attempts. So that's 25% of the targets. Cole Beasley. Uh, he's not in Buffalo anymore. He had 112 targets last year. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He's also no longer Buffalo Bill. And he had 72 targets last year. So those two combined for 28% of the Bills targets. And they're not there any longer. But Gabriel Davis is still there. He had 63 targets last year. Third year in the league. Uh, His first two years, he had seven touchdowns and six receiving touchdowns. And also in that playoff game against the Chiefs, Chiefs, he had four touchdowns and won the week before against the Pats. Upsides there. Great offense. Gabriel Davis, we're low on him compared to the consensus. I feel like people are are really hoping for the breakout. Um, I would rather be a year. I'd rather be a year too late than a year too early on somebody like Gabriel Davis. Just me personally. I. I had him in a couple leagues last year. He's so freaking fun to watch. Um, He's really good. Very He's talented. exceptional. And he also had a hell of a play over the weekend as well with the starters on that first drive to cap off. It was like a 30-yard touchdown to end that drive. Um, yeah. And then the playoffs, like all his ADP is being buoyed by that playoff game. It's so high. <laughs> it's, it's not that we don't like him. 
he's just he's a wide receiver too. That's this is kind of like where the I don't know, not the elite wide receiver twos, because like that's where T. Higgins goes in like top ten range, but or top fifteen anyway. But like still the very good wide receiver twos. He's grouped with them. Like his ADP is currently right behind Adam Thielen and Allen Robinson. And mm-hmm. Judy, like these are all wide receiver two dudes that are all ex- very, very good on on very good teams that are going to put up points. They'll probably have wide receiver one weeks. It's just a consistency thing, and that's why they're going where they're going. Um, Gabriel Davis could could be very like he could be excellent. He could finish as a wide receiver one. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they've brought him along very slowly, yeah. uh, learning be, behind Beasley, behind Emmanuel Sanders. And he's, ob- he's obviously shown that he can be a beast when they want to unleash him. I, and, cl- I, and he's yeah. already a red zone favorite target of, of Josh Allen. And if, and if let's say any of those Dawson Knox touchdowns go to Davis as well, it, the offense is going to throw a ton still. And like, that's the thing. Yeah. There's just so many mouths because it's Dawson Knox. We haven't even mentioned Stefan yet. And then you had James Cook too. It's like Alan Robinson, at least I know it's like, okay, it's, it's him and Cooper cup and maybe Cam Akers on one and a half Achilles. Right, and uh, it looks like Isaiah McKenzie is going to end up operating in the slot ahead of Jamison Crowder, and so if if Gabriel Davis is is truly running as the second wide receiver out on on the outside to Diggs, and he's staying on the field for three wide receiver or two wide receiver sets, I should say, then that's um, the upside's immense for sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. There, there are other there are other players that are going that I'd probably prefer in that area. I understand wanting the upside here, especially in the offense, especially with the quarterback. But he's just going a smidge too early be, until he proves it. But it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being a high high end wide receiver too. Um, what about him or Rashad Bateman? We have them ranked next to each other. We just got done talking about Bateman. Um, that's a really good question. I think I would probably opt for Bateman because he's the number one and the target and the target share is going to be, um, is, is going to be higher. Same, but it's close. It's close. I I think, I think we're right to have them ranked right, right in next to each other. Um, that, that's a fun little, fun little area of the draft though. Yep. I'm so excited for that Bills offense. All right. That is enough positivity, Alex. We need to be a little more realistic. Rah, rah. With our next player, uh, Amonra St. Brown. Um, only Cooper Cup was more productive than Amonra St. Brown over the final six games last year. He averaged eight and a half catches, 90 plus receiving yards, and a score, a touchdown per game. In the final six games of last year, which is just insane. Um, However, in that time, the Lions did not have the following. They did not have DeAndre Swift, and they also did not have TJ Hawkinson, which means... A 33% target share basically the last five five weeks. Because because there was nobody else to throw to. 
And they were bad. Khalif Raymond. Oh my goodness. Um, St. Brown was all they had. Um, now something else, you know, the Lions did add DJ Chark through free agency. They also drafted Jamison Williams. He's not going to be healthy to start the season, um, but yep. he will take targets away in the second half of the year anyway. Um, I just, he's, he was going in the fifth round of ADP, like his ADPs in the fifth round. Yeah. It's too early. It's too early for the Lions offense when I don't know if he is, in fact, the number one receiver when healthy because it's potentially a mixture of Swift, Hawkinson, and Shark. Like, That's what I was going to say. They're going to be chucking the ball down so much to Swift. And, and if they are decent, everybody likes them because they're on hard knocks and everybody loves Dan Campbell. But... I don't care I if don't you have like one testicle fa- and a finger. I will kick your ass. Did he say that? Yeah, it was something like, if you have one leg and and six toes or something, I will kick your ass. Okay, Dan. Um, I don't... I will not have any Amon or St. Brown shares this year because he's going too early zero. and there's other, wide, there's other wide receivers I like more. I understand he exploded at the end of last season. I think there's a lot of weeks that you're going to be looking at him and be like, why did he only have four <laughs> targets this week? It's going to be like, why and the hell did I draft him? I, I think, I think there could oh. be some, some good weeks mixed in, but I, uh, I'm not buying what, what's being sold here. It's, it was an end of the season swoon. Everybody was hurt. He wasn't doing anything until everybody got hurt. And they, the schedule opened up a little bit for them. They had some easier matchups and they took advantage. So I, uh, I I don't know if you trust Jared Goff to get him the ball. (laughs) I I think, I think we have to mention him. I understand if you like him, but, uh, I, I don't think you should like him for where his draft, uh, draft position is going. There are many other wide receivers that I'd, I'd rather have. Um, yeah, we we say this all the time. Just because we don't like drafting some of these guys doesn't mean that we think that they're bad at football. Like These dudes are incredible at right. football. We just don't like their value. We think that there's other guys that have more value at the current draft positions. Um, yeah, in in our rankings, the the way that we have it currently, we have them as, as pick overall at 70. Um, and... I mean, he's going at like 54-ish. So we have 16, you know, a round and a half uh, lower on him than than the, the ADP is. But it should be noted, we have a line right underneath of him and and there's 21, uh, 21 picks before the next wide receiver goes, at least in our, in our initial <laughs> sack of sheet. So like we have him in the same tier as Hopkins and Thielen, Waddle, Gabriel Davis, Bateman, Lazard. But he's Alan at the Robinson. end of it. But he's at the very, very end of it. Like... We, we would prefer Cooper, Marquise Brown, Mooney, Robinson, like all of those guys well ahead of Amon or St. Brown. Well, you said one guy that maybe I think when we did those rankings, there was a little more debate because we weren't quite sure what the Deshaun Watson suspension was going to be. And that's Amari Cooper. Um, 
Do you prefer Cooper to Amon or St. Brown? Do you prefer Cooper to Bateman and Davis and all these guys? I think I think we're going to have to drop Cooper down into Amon or St. Brown land uh, yeah. here. It's 11, um, 11 game suspension like for Deshaun. It's yeah. And you can't really, really uh, trust uh, Reset or, um, you know, if they trade for Garoppolo or, or even, you know, like I, I think you just punt for this year and like next year, I think he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver, but this year, I don't think he is this year. I don't even know if he's draftable because it's like, how do you oh, know he's when definitely to put him draftable? In? How do you, when do you put him in, in the first 11 weeks? By week fill in? That would be it for me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there were some weeks that it was hard to play him last year. He's uh, a bye week fill in. And that was with Dak throwing him the ball. Um, I, I think we're gonna have him as barely flex worthy, right? Uh, from a wide receiver spot. I think we're gonna he's gonna end up in the 34-35 range for us. Um, and we'd re- much rather have Hopkins than him, probably because you get five I, more games out of him. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, we're we're gonna drop we're gonna drop Cooper way down. I think, uh, which is a shame because in our initial rankings we had him in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you make the fantasy playoffs with Amari Cooper, though, it could be nasty. Yeah, but we've gone over their schedule where they're playing two games in Cleveland and then and then in Washington where yeah. the weather is not going to be great and they could be forced to run the ball because the wind is wind or, or snow is so bad. So I, I think it's a, Hey, if somebody, if somebody gets him and he performs well, more power to him. Uh, I don't think it will be us uh, this year. Our last player on the second round of sleepers is Marquise Brown. We did talk about him leaving when we chatted a little bit ago about Rashad Bateman. Uh, Marquise Brown is now the, uh, I believe, wide receiver one for Kyler Murray, as he was when the two played college together, college football together at Oklahoma. At least until Hopkins comes back. At least for the first six weeks, right? Um, He will take up that alpha role. Um there's, I think, little to no competition for targets at the receiver position um, with A.J. Green, Rondale Moore there. Um, you lost Kirk to the Jaguars on an absurd contract. There is Zach Ertz, who basically averaged double-digit fantasy points um, when uh, uh, DeAndre missed the last few weeks of last season. Um yep. His ceiling is going to go down. That is Hollywood Brown's ceiling is going to go down when D hop comes back. But I still think that he has game breaking ability. He has elite speed in the league. Kyler Murray was third in deep ball accuracy last season. And I think that that continues this year with Hollywood in town. Um, I think he has a decent value, a decent price on him. I think that people are anticipating him to start a little bit hotter he was going in what I believe the sixth round right now at ADP. So I, I'm okay with spending that on him. I'll go him and Bateman back to back. Yeah, it'd be fun to uh, get Brown, have him be a wide receiver one the first three or four weeks, and then you trade him uh, yeah, before trade Hopkins him for comes back. <laughs> um, 
I, I think that would be a fun where you, you could package him and upgrade uh, at wide receiver potentially yeah. um, for, for the end of the season or take a look at playoff schedules and be like, oh, man, I, I really like Michael Thomas. Uh, I'm going to gonna package him and move up and get him because I like what I'm seeing from Thomas, just as an example. So um, he's somebody that we really, really like the first six weeks. And so you, you can't make the playoffs the first six weeks. But you can certainly not make the playoffs the first six weeks if you don't win. And he's a guy that you can target a little bit later and who will help you get there uh, by being really, really productive early. And he might tail off at least marginally late uh, once their full array of weapons comes back in Arizona. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Please do something different this year. Set yourself apart. Uh, give yourself a chance to finish better than middle of the pack in your fantasy leagues. Don't use the same cheat sheet that everybody else is using. Uh, go to the fantasyfootballsackers.com. Get the only cheat sheet that you need this year. Um, it has positional, tiered, and overall rankings and links to more than 150 individual player videos that we took the time to research, write, and record. So, um, you, if you're listening to this, you're going to freaking kill it. It's true. It, it's scientifically proven. I would also add this. Uh, if you do have student loan debt, it looks like Joe Biden is going to be forgiving $10,000 of your student loan debt. You can use $8 and go to the fantasyfootballsackos.com and buy our cheat sheet, which will help you win more than $8 back to dominate everybody in your league. Use our rankings. It's good stuff. It will definitely help you win. Jason, I I do have a question for you before we go. Um, Did you see the the new, like one of America's newest best scientists? um, It it was caught at Yankee Stadium uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. There was a guy that took a straw and like put it through a hot dog that he bought and then put the, put the hot dog in the beer and drank the beer through the hot dog straw. <laughs> Curious as if you saw that or not. One of, I did see it. I did. One of America's newest best scientists uh, that we have. <laughs> Jason, I have a question for you. Would you drink beer out of a hot dog straw? Oh my God, you wouldn't even have to pay me. Hell yes, I would. Okay, so I think we haven't done many board bets, but uh, I think whoever loses the board bet this year has to drink beer through a hot dog straw. (laughs) (laughs) Your thoughts? It has to be a hot dog shaped meat. Maybe not necessarily a hot dog, but yes. No, it, it has to be a hot dog. It has to be. All right, fine. Yeah. yeah fine. I wanted to, to maybe get up. fancy and get you something. If you lose, get you like a really gross, like spinach chicken one that you have to drink through. Oh, but. no. Come on. No, it's just got to be a classic, <laughs> I'll like front of the mill ballpark, Frank. Yeah. Like. Just, just give me a plumped up hot dog. You stick a straw through it. You pull out the gristle. You eat the gristle, and then you drink through the hot dog straw. Yes, I sign me up. Well, I don't even know if there's a sign, a place I have to sign. I would love 
I would love to uh, increase my cholesterol in the name of fantasy football. So, yes. Fantastic. I tried to beat you to asking me a stupid bachelor question. So that that was the best you could come up with. Well, you survived this episode, but until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.